Welcome once again to 20 Minute Topic. I'm Marcus Stead and I'm joined as usual by veteran campaigner and blogger Greg Lance Watkins. And this week it's part two of our discussion on the big subject of personal responsibility. So Greg, the cost of the welfare state is currently somewhere in the region of £222 billion per year. In 1948-49, when the welfare state was created in its modern form, it was around 4% of national income. Today, that figure is nearly 13%. And what this means is that the state is taking on responsibility for aspects of life that were once the responsibility of the individual and the family unit. And by that I mean the huge growth in single-parent families, the decline of the traditional family unit, and large numbers of absent fathers, um, all part of social breakdown. And the state is effectively taking on the role that would once have been carried out by the father, namely financially supporting the child. And this has consequences. For example, when I was a child in the 1980s and the 1990s, there were far more council-run public toilets in high streets. The cemetery where many members of my family are buried used to have a public toilet. The building is still there, but it has now been locked for many years. And we're paying roughly the same amount of tax as before, if not most tax, but other areas of public expenditure are having to be cut to accommodate this welfare bill. How very true. Welfare has become a farce. Mm. Um, When you go back to when they first introduced a pension in the 1908 Pension Act... Uh, the pension was set at, I think it was either four and sixpence or four and ninepence mm. for every a week for everyone over the age of seventy. Mm. Now, that sum of four and six or four and nine, whichever it was, um, is almost exactly the same as the old age pension is nowadays mm. in purchasing power. Yeah. So the pension hasn't got any better. However, we no longer only pay people over 70. We now pay men over 65, and we've added women, for some strange reason, who are over 60. Um, I've never quite understood why they can draw their pension five years earlier. But that's changing now, isn't it? Yeah, but when women... actually have a longer life expectancy. Mm. Um, It never made any sense to me. Mm. Uh, But all of a sudden, we've not only brought the age group down, but we've doubled the number of people who can are eligible for pension. Mm. Now, I'm all in favour of this, as long as we can afford it. Mm. And the great drawback is that in 1908 when it was set at those males who were over the age of 70, Hmm. the average age of morbidity was, I nearly said, as I recall, but my name's not Methuselah, um, as I've read, um, around 46. Hmm. So almost nobody drew it. Now, the survival rate is to somewhere around 82 or 83. So are you therefore saying that the the age of retirement needs to be considerably older than it is, and are there not risks involved in that? Um, There are risks involved in that, um, but 
I rem well remember uh, that if you saw somebody who was in their 60s mm. when I was a child, they were really quite old. Yeah, well, I've noticed a change in my lifetime. I think back to when I was growing up in the 1980s and the 1990s, and the people in their 70s then were the World War II generation, and they would very often have a cloth cap and a walking stick. Well, you compare and contrast that to, I don't know, I went to see the Rolling Stones last year. Look at the, the way Mick Jagger covers four miles in every concert running around the stage. People in their 70s nowadays are much, much more sprightly than they were even 20 years ago, I think. Flattery will get you everywhere. Ha ha. And tell us how old you are then, come on. Hmm? How old are you? Just... I'm in my 70s. I'm 73. There we are, listeners. There you go. He admitted it. I, I forced him into that one. <laughs> I, I have no qualms about it. Um, I cannot understand why anyone tries to pretend they're different ages. Mm. Um, there's not much you can do about it. Yeah, but to go, to go back to the main point, and, you know, I include yourself in this, you, you know, you're not walking around with a cloth cap and a walking stick. You're, you've got a bit of land at the back of your place. You're doing stuff, even though you've had your health problems. You are sprightly compared to somebody your age would have been 50 years ago. Oh, very few people would have been my age 50 years ago. Mm. Um, in fact, I'm absolutely astonished that I'm my age <laughs> <laughs> on a daily basis. Um, but life was much harder. Mm. Um, you had all sorts of well-known conditions with the elderly. Mm. Um, you would see men who um, stood with it's hard to explain, bent knees when they were standing upright. Mm. It was from years of working on their hands and knees in coal mines and the like. Mm. Um, they couldn't straighten their fingers, mm. and it was called beat hands because their hands had been beating stone or rock, mm. holding a handle. Mm. Mm. And they had... Um, the early stages of power tools. They had white finger um, where the jackhammer effect had damaged the capillaries in their fingers and the nerve systems. So is the solution then, I, I dare say, okay, there are jobs you can do until you're 70 years of age. Uh, I think you know, famously now B&Q hires people who are past 65 to help customers around stores and that sort of thing should it be the norm therefore that people maybe on lighter duties as they get older but in general work till 70 and that be the point at which you claim your state pension well i can make everyone a promise who's your age mm. they're going to have to yep because there isn't going to be a state pension that will they can live on mm. um when they get there well, they'd be pretty damned lucky if they can find a job at the speed that things like um, internet, uh, artificial intelligence, robotics, um, and machine age are coming in. They are going to displace a lot of those jobs. And um, I'm afraid robots don't pay taxes. Are we therefore saying that if this, if the state pension is going to be meagre and won't be something you can claim till you're significantly older, are people going to have to take yet more steps to ensure they provide for their own old age? Um, I don't think they have any choice. 
I think my generation is the very last generation and that can expect to survive on um, a state old age pension. And um, that doesn't take you very far, by the way. Mm. Um, with the best will in the world, the state pension nowadays is um, really not as adequate as one would have expected it to be when my generation was paying into it. How do we put things right with uh, going back to the point I made a moment ago about people nowadays increasingly having their children out of wedlock and multiple fathers, absent fathers in the household, the state taking over the responsibility that a father once had in terms of providing for that child? Um, how do we put things right there? That would be a very that would involve a huge cultural shift. I'm not entirely sure that within a generation you can put it right. Mm. I have a feeling that in our the speed, the exponential speed of our development, mm. we have, we risk racing at great speed back to the Stone Age if we're not damn careful. What and unpopular measures would the government have to take to put this right then? Um, I think it's going to have to, well, it's going to have no choice um, but to eventually eradicate um, a minimum wage mm. uh, because there are many people in the society who do not justify a minimum wage. Mm. And it's going to have to trim uh, welfare uh, to being affordable by the society out of the current account, not by borrowing. Uh, we are borrowing tomorrow's money to pay today's pensions. So do there therefore have to be rules? Uh, because let, let's be honest, the Jeremy Kyle show we used to see every single morning, people who had left school at 16 or even younger in some cases got pregnant and seen welfare as a lifestyle choice, not as a safety net if things go wrong, but a lifestyle choice. Do there need to be sort of cruel-to-be-kind legislation to bring this culture to an end because it is very clearly not sustainable? I don't think we, um, we're going to have a choice to make. I think it is going to um, happen. I think, realistically, we've got to come to terms with the fact that fundamentally every country of any stature on this planet is bust. Hmm. We are bankrupt. Hmm. We ha By bankrupt, I don't mean we haven't got any money, but what we haven't got is enough money to pay our bills and repay the trillions of pounds and dollars that we already own. Hmm. Hmm. And we're borrowing more money year on year, month on month, week on week, day by day. Our and entire way of living is being sustained by the availability of cheap credit then, isn't it? Uh, yes, and uh, one of the reasons why we have very low interest rates, although politicians will tell you uh, that it's to encourage investment and encourage growth, is it the hell? It's so that the investment, the interest rates payable are such that it keeps the cost of repayment of the trillions mm. owed 
affordable for governments. If the interest rate were to go up appreciably, and I remember mortgage rates running at 15%. Well, so do I. It was only in the early 1990s. You don't have to be particularly old at all to remember that. No, and I also remember when nobody could borrow any money. Yeah, that's going back to, what, the 1960s, perhaps? 1960s. Yeah, yeah. So we got an idea then that for life in this country to be sustainable, people are going to have to accept a lot more personal responsibility for the upkeep of their own lives, those of their children, and to provide for their own old age. But to move the discussion on to other aspects of personal responsibility, for example, let's take the subject of tattoos, for instance. Now, Any of us, you or me, could decide tomorrow morning we don't like our clothes anymore, we want to have a different image and go out and buy a whole new wardrobe of clothes. We could do that. We can change our hair. We can grow a beard. We can shave a beard off. Um, With a tattoo, you're stuck with it for the rest of your life unless you want to do laser removals, which isn't always possible anyway, as I understand it. But people who have prominent tattoos, I think in a lot, a lot of the time they're attention-seeking, it seems to me, point one. Point two, as the years go by, those tattoos lose their colour and become very blue-looking. Point three, the skin loses its elasticity with age, so they become even more unattractive anyway. And is it the case then that people who are having these tattoos are scarring themselves and in some cases making themselves less employable for something and they they are they themselves are responsible for this by their crass stupidity quite frankly I couldn't agree more mm. and I personally think that anybody who precludes themselves from employment by um putting rings through their noses and um, lips and faces, Hmm. um, having tattoos uh, visible to the public who wishes to claim unemployment benefit Hmm. um, should be precluded. Hmm. If they can't get a job because they've made themselves unemployable, um, I don't see why society should be paying for them if they afford to cover themselves in this revolting graffiti Mm. um so be it that's their choice Mm. Mm. but it it, it has consequences because if you have these tattoos you, you wouldn't want to go into certain professional environments and see someone who is covered in those sort of tattoos uh to that extent on their necks all the way up their arms sleeve tattoos you wouldn't want to see it in certain professional settings and so forth. Therefore, they are limiting their employability. I don't want to see it anywhere. It's um, an obscenity um, that one sees with otherwise attractive young people and there is an attractiveness about young people, Hmm. Um, their youth, their vigour, their health, Hmm. um, and they go out and cover themselves in graffiti. Usually rather bad graffiti. And what is it, a form of attention-seeking? Because I think that's what it's about when push comes to shove. Um, Attention-seeking, wanting to look as stupid as all your friends. Mm. Um, And also, I think, you look at people who've had a tattoo, Mm. um, it's almost addictive. They go out and have more of them. Very true. Very much so. And... And, uh, And... 
what on earth oh, they just make people look ridiculous yes and it there's a the problem i have with tattoos in particular is there's a permanence about them like i say we can change our clothes we can change our hair anytime we like i i know people who they look back at pictures of themselves who are my age i'm 35 they look back at pictures of themselves in their late teens and early 20s when they're going to nightclubs and raves and so forth they think, good grief what did i ever think i was doing going out dressed like that but they've moved on from that and they're different now whereas with a tattoo to a very large extent you are stuck with it well they don't call them tramp stamps for nothing do they true true and going back to personal responsibility one final aspect of this is people who are obese and they that well they know it's not good for their health and it becomes a drain on the nhs again accepting responsibility for the way you look and the amount of weight you carry it's become almost taboo to criticize people for being overweight even though in the overwhelming majority of cases it is entirely their own fault tell me something Hmm. how can somebody who's on the given given Hmm. a notability scooter Hmm. be expected to do a day's work if they have even got the energy and ability to move their blubber around mm. to get from A to B, mm. we're obviously overpaying them if they can afford to eat that much. Well, yes, and if you are wobbling around like a hippopotamus, unless you have certain very specific medical conditions, which a tiny minority of people do, it's almost certainly your fault. And the way to put this right is eat less, move more. Um, and yet a hell of a lot of people don't seem to be able to take that on board, it seems to me, or take responsibility for the way they look and the, the responsibility for the damage they are doing to their health. The times I go into supermarkets and see these great big people with their elbows resting on the handles of the trolley, waddling along with their children, ill-behaved, noisy and barging in front of people, foraging on the shelves Mm. to put more total rubbish in the trolley Mm. at huge cost. And you look at these trolleys, and a high percentage of that food is not sound nutrient. They're not making themselves fresh food. Mm. They're buying packaged junk Mm. loaded with sugar and salt and designed, it would almost appear, um, to be to sustain their morbid obesity. Things that are, are really designed to be an occasional treat, uh, like chocolate sweets and crisps, become a habitual thing with them, and they practically live off it, it seems to me. Well, it seems to be their diet. Fizzy drinks. Mm. If they're thirsty, drink water. Mm. We have some of the best quality tap water in the world. Yeah. And don't buy water in bottles Mm. plastic bottles plastic is carcinogenic i.e it is a causer of cancer and on top of that it is plastic which is so damaging to the environment Mm. so greg in conclusion then personal responsibility and welfare dependency we've discussed it over two podcasts now We need to press the reset button in this country, I think, with regards to where the state's role ends and the individual and the family role begins. Because 
what we, the way we are living at the moment is totally unsustainable and we are not that far off crunch point where we can no longer pay the bills as a country. I think we may well have gone past that crunch point and we may well find that we have, haven't a politician on the planet with the vision and leadership ability to actually make the changes that are essential. So we will have change forced on us and it will be forced on us in a very, very ugly way with famine, with a complete breakdown of medical health care and with people marauding armies of people who will be killing for food. A grim note to end on there. My thanks as always to Greg and my thanks to you for listening. See you next time. Thank you.